Hi, this is Greg Beyer with Macro ESG. It's the 13th of May at 0430 GMT. Um, Today's the first uh, model portfolio idea that's going into uh, Macro ESG. Um, I'm a little surprised, uh, but market developments uh, forced it. So here we go. So the model portfolio idea is to go 10% short Amazon based on the Skowronek transformational presidential uh, political theory. So this is kind of a a pretty interesting idea. I learned it from uh, Professor Richard Parker at the Harvard Kennedy School in an unbelievable class that he taught right before he retired. And um, um, I'll come back to that later. But here, let me just get the idea out and uh, we can circle back uh, to the details of this later. Um, In fact, I'd love to have uh, Professor Parker on uh, if he has the time. Uh, he, it's his, his, his explanation of this is just spectacular. So here we go. Summary. Amazon is a universally bullish story. Until the political winds change, as I expect that they will, and Biden is elected and he appoints Warren to be either his vice president or secretary of the treasury, she will make good on her campaign pledge to break up Amazon and the other internet platforms. This will also break the network effect of information hegemony that is the It is at the core of Amazon's business model success. The company is also vulnerable to labor costs doubling and a vanishing consumer. Lastly, every analyst across Wall Street is bullish on the name, so the buying potential likely seems exhausted. After reiterating my sell opinion on Sunday, May 10 on the U.S. equity market, today's market break in the credit-sensitive REITs and financial sectors inspired me to get short Amazon. Model portfolio. So go 10% short Amazon. Um, so plan is to sell in the open of May 13th today, and the risk will be 1.5%. The downside target is $500, and the risk reward should come out to about 5 to 1, assuming we uh, get the trade done at uh, 2300 So uh, how is getting short Amazon a macro ESG trading idea? Well, <laughs> it's a very good question. Um, while I uh, recently wrote that I'm not a bottom-up investor, and I'm definitely not, um, the trends that are going to drive the Amazon price lower are very macro ESG, so let me explain. Amazon is 5.8% of the total U.S. stock market capitalization, as the total U.S. market cap is $29 trillion based on the Wilshire Total Market Index, and the current Amazon market cap of $1.173 trillion. As Amazon is 120th of the U.S. stock market, it is practically an index fund. In my experience, when a company takes up such a large, large percentage of the market cap, this typically precedes a fairly substantial change of the guard when the macro winds change. The U.S. presidential election is the single most important macro event in 2020. Hence, it deserves special consideration right from the start. It will frame and define every other event anywhere, quite frankly. And it's defining all the other markets as well. America is at the heart of the global power dynamics. And it is a very good example of how an election event can have substantial ramifications for the market and the technology space too. The sustainability consideration here is more subtle, tied to risks of economic concentration and hegemonic behavior. So, uh, transformational presidents. 
The Yale political theorist Steve uh, Skarnack developed an idea of transformational presidents. For more information, please see The Politics Presidents Make, Leadership from John Adams to Bill, uh, Bill Clinton to Bill Nutt Press, 1997. It's a great book. The last two um, transformational presidents uh, have been Ronald Reagan and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. They were both preceded by single-term presidents from their opposite party of uh, Carter and Hoover, respectively. And uh, the big thing that they sold, that Carter and Hoover sold, is that they would bring a business acumen to the White House. Both of these party, uh, opposite party, single-term presidencies ended in a calamitous financial and economic circumstances. Carter with the uh, superinflation, interest rates became very high, and Hoover with the start of the Depression and the mega stock market crash of 29. I I believe that we are at a similar moment in the same time in history. Um, President Trump fits the bill of the single-term president who claims to bring business skills to the White House. Like FDR and Reagan, we're at the end of a long run of a particular growth ideology that appears ready to change. Now, I could be wrong that the country is going to veer hard to the right, much like the UK did in going to support uh, Prime Minister Johnson and his Brexit agenda. But, I like the 1918 uh, uh, Spanish flu uh, brought a depression uh, in 1920, 1921 that was followed by significant reforms to benefit the common man. Moreover, um, the Fed president has already buckled, the Fed chairman, I should say, has already buckled under uh, President Trump's controlling tweets and could always step up asset purchases. Um, so these are the ways you know, that I could clearly be wrong. But then again, maybe there is going to be a limit uh, to how much the Fed uh, can prop up the stock market. Internet platforms are market makers. Amazon belongs to a class of companies that are widely referred to as platforms. At the end of the day, they are they all they really do is make uh, make markets, match a buyer and a seller, facilitate and clear transactions. They are market makers and clearinghouses all in one: Airbnb, eBay, Uber, Lyft, Facebook, and so on. They're just linking people up on the internet. Their business model is about extracting value from long, ta- long fat tails. I'll come back to this another time. It's a fascinating subject. And cost-effectively creating markets where none could exist before. I didn't really understand the genius of Bezos, uh, uh, sorry, Bezos and the uh, genius of uh, the platform market makers until I read somewhere that Bezos had worked at D.E. Shaw, Quant Hedge Fund, before leaving and uh, heading out to Seattle to start Amazon. It's not e-commerce. It's the new stock exchange. And so if you really think about what these things are, is they're really making you know huge markets in everything. And Amazon is an enormous market maker. Um, well, you know, a lot of people think that they do the fulfillment, but really the fulfillment is a subordinate or a necessity of market making. And then they make a market in their own ability to do the fulfillment because they... they uh, uh, they do it for so many other people. Um, so let me get back to it. It's not e-commerce, it's a new stock exchange, and their information power is unbelievable, which is true. But if Warren makes good in her promise to break up the internet platforms, which I think that she will, then this will also break the network effect of information hegemony that is at the core of Amazon's business model. Similarly for the uh, fan complex as well. 
It's interesting because, you know, when she talked about this in the spring of last year, it really ruffled a lot of people's feathers. And I was surprised by the people um, who were shocked by it because that's tend- that would tend to be an issue that they would have supported. So, um, uh, so the, basically the thing that I'm making here is that um, markets are going to, you know, go through a big, uh, a, a big tough time and that's going to push people to really change the way the economy is running. So the real risk of the super casino market makers like Amazon is that they lack a social vision. And this is an idea that's come to me recently and I'll develop it more. They just try to maximize volume and scale up as quickly as possible without any consideration for the world around them. And I have more to say this, but I'll leave it for later. Trump's bubble policies made Amazon a success. It's ironic. Donald Trump has has been very good for Jeff Bezos. Amazon's stock price was at 800 on January 20th. 2017, when Donald Trump was sworn in, the price has since gone up 300%, greatly outperforming all the other FANG stocks. So when Trump took power, he was on the verge of having a Fed that was about to induce a recession and go through the standard economic cycle. Trump put the kibosh on that and cut taxes, and suddenly the hyper-stimulative policies that he pursued, fiscal easing, monetary easing, after much haranguing the Fed chairman, and deregulation easing, or you know, uh, deregulation, which is everything from ending the Paris Accord to labor rights, extraction industries, unprotected federal lands, all had the specific goal of maximally stimulating the U.S. economy. And while Trump, Trump and Bezos appear to be political enemies, as Bezos owns the Washington Post, which he purchased in 2013, the truth is that Trump's policies have been incredibly good for Amazon and made Bezos fabulously rich. Trump created the bulletproof consumer for Amazon and Bezos, uh, for Amazon, and Amazon served it perfectly. Plus, both sides of the political divide gave Amazon uh, extra breathing room, and, uh, and they've benefited from this. Rising costs with less volume. That is until the coronavirus pandemic. Now, with commercial real estate collapsing and the honeymoon era of tax-free online shopping a long-gone memory, the government's about to change the rules of the game for Amazon, which will hit their bottom line. So this is, again, assuming that a transformational president gets elected and um, has someone in his cabinet like Elizabeth Warren who's keen to break up the power of the internet platforms. The problems that Amazon faces on the labor front have been summed up by Edward Luce's sublime opinion piece at the Financial Times. Uh, it was done in the past week called, and the title of it was Premature U.S. Opening Plays Russian Roulette with Its Workers. The labor in America has uh, grown incredibly docile during the Reagan era. The arrival of a transformational president who commands both houses of Congress following a pandemic and an economic collapse would wield tremendous power. Just the kind of power to push the Amazon market-making machine into a loss, given its need for volume. So my thesis is that we'll have a political change, arrest of Biden administration, will put pressure on Amazon by changing regulations that result in raising labor costs. My hunch is that the labor, uh, my hunch is that the cost of a unit of labor will double, and their business volume declines as the consumer weakens considerably in a recession, which makes the fixed cost more difficult to bear not to mention the big risk of Amazon being broken up. So the Jim Rogers test. Jim Rogers used to say that if, ev- if everyone in a room says that a stock is a buy, it won't go up anymore because there isn't anyone left to buy it. Well, with almost every house out with a strong buy rating, uh, Amazon meets the Jim Rogers test. I mean, it's just 
it's if you look at all the buys and their their estimates, they're all much higher than where we're at right now. Well, not all, but most of them. And uh, there's maybe one whole. It's just it's 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 sort of remarkable. Okay, today's market action. The break today, as in uh, as in the twelfth. The break today in the two most credit-sensitive sectors in the S&P 500, the REITs and the financials, indicates that Fauci's comments reminded investors of just how vulnerable they are. One cannot solve financial and economic problems brought on by the exogenous shock of a pandemic through liquidity. There has to be a serious um, policy design and implementation. And as Melinda Gates gave the Trump administration a D- minus in the past week, then it is fair to say that she's an honest, knowledgeable judge and the grade sticks. Plus, there is a distinct likelihood for a bigger second wave in the fall as the curve is still rising in most of the U.S., and many states are being opened in contravention of CDC guidelines of having declining infections for two weeks. If the Fed starts pushing more money into the system and the sell-off doesn't follow through quickly, then I'll get out and try again later. When the Fed cuts rates during their rare Sunday meeting on March 15th, the stock made a low at uh, 1626 on uh, March 16th, the next day, and a high of 2475, almost 2500 on April 30th. The bear market rally based on that liquidity jolt is likely over. And, and that's been sort of expected. It's quite a common feature of bear markets to have really big rallies back onto the upside. We've had a rally of roughly 50% of the loss from the peak, and... Um, and some things are there. Um, I'm having a running discussion with a friend who's uh, long the healthcare sector and just thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. Um, I'll get around to that later, but my concern is that the although healthcare has been very strong, if we do have a big pandemic um, and we do have a change and a big transformational change in leadership, then my guess is that uh, we could end up with uh, a lot of the equity being wiped out through nationalization. So we'll have to see how it goes. Um, so I'm, one of my concern, one of my thoughts, and then I'm looking at is, you know, does is does the healthcare bubble finally go? All right. Well, that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening and uh, keeping the podcast moving. Today's the first uh, one that goes in on the model portfolio. And um, I'll be figuring out how to make this work and make it a little bit better systematically. But thanks for joining in. Um, again, this is just what I'm doing for myself. And uh, I'm not recommending this for anybody. And um, please consult all your appropriate advisors and professionals to do what's uh, right for you. This is just uh, me doing it for myself and, uh, and uh, sharing my thoughts and experiences. Alrighty, Thank you. Uh, bye-bye.